Welcome back, everybody, to the XFL Podcast. I am your host, as always, Jonathan Risk, and we got so much to get into. What a week! Week 7 was of the XFL 2023 season, and we are going to get deep inside of it. I am feeling bonita. I hope you are feeling bonita. I am joined, as always, with the most bonita of them all, the general from Detroit, Michigan, MG Geek. MG, how are you doing? And I need to drop a bomb for MG. How are you doing, sir? Oh, jeez. You just said get deep inside, and then you did that. I'm I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> it's go. I texted I'm you up. earlier. I said this today's episode was going to be a fun one. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. You did say that. Uh, yeah. So I'm all right, man. I'm I'm getting ready to talk talk about this week and talk about some other stuff. Uh, this is interesting. It's going to be fun, fun, fun one to talk about. There's a lot of XFL news and notes and some wild ass games that yes, i am still flabbergasted over some of it mm. and we are going to get into them but like always go ahead and hit the like button go ahead and hit the subscribe button as well be a friend tell a friend and share this with someone if you're listening on podcast form go ahead hit that subscribe button Button presented by Habibi Clothing as always. 420 drop coming soon. MG, let's get right into the yes, TV sir. ratings because it was an interesting week for sports television. We will start off with the Sea Dragons versus the Renegades on FX. Oh. Only 177,000 viewers. It was the lowest, the lowest rating average game for um the 2023 season so far it did go up against the ncaa women's final four on espn which peaked at over 5 million viewers average and it also went up against smackdown which uh had about two and a half million viewers both of those were up against this xfl game so the number does not surprise me also when you add the fx numbers it was doomed for the start Right, we mm-hmm. talked about this before WrestleMania weekend. You were competing with a big um, slew of uh, the audience that shares, you know, the same demographics. And then on top of it, you had the Final Fours and of the NCAA tournaments that dealt with it both all weekend. So right there, you're you're getting knocked at the knees for all of your really core demographic viewers. I think they would have struck. We're going to struggle this time of year. I think they knew. They had to know this was going to be a rough weekend for them. Um, there was so much going on. So and so much not even broadcasted that was going to keep people not on, not watching TV as much. So I don't know, man. Rough. You know, I guess it's just part of the game. There's going to be weeks yep. where this happens. Mm. Yep. And then we move on to the Brahmas versus the Vipers on ESPN two. That averaged. 356,000 viewers. It was rated 50th of the top 150 cable shows in the 18 to 49 demographic, which is pretty solid for uh, the time of day that it was on. Um, For some reason, I'm blanking on it for Saturday at 3 p.m. (laughs) You have anything to say about these ratings? Uh, This one was a little bit better. Um, Again, I've said before that I think a sweet spot is the Saturday afternoon games. Um, yeah. Friday night is not is something they – Thursday and Friday night for me, I, until they get a little more established, they shouldn't try to play with. But 
Saturday yeah. afternoons is a good a good spot for them. And I will say this isn't the most name grabbing teams. Like when you think of the XFL, you think of the Battlehawks and the Defenders. You're not thinking of the Brahmas mm-hmm. and the Vipers right now. And that's just kind of what it is. But then we go to our 6 p.m. game, the Guardians v. Mm-hmm. the Defenders on ESPN, 365. Thousand. It was rated 19th out of the top 150 cable TV shows in the 18 to 49 demo. Great ranking for that demo. Um, and it was competing directly with the NCAA men's final fours. And it still was able to draw solid numbers on ESPN. And night one of WrestleMania. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Mm. Um, so, so that was going on on Peacock. And so that's yep. getting a lot more established now. So, a lot of people might have been checking that out. That would be a same demo that would watch this game. So, yep. yeah, that that was – we'll talk about the game itself, but that game <laughs> had a lot of drama, so we will definitely – and I would imagine that was part of the reason why it did as well as it did because it was a yes. good game. That always and helps. Then... And then Sunday afternoon, like you said, another sweet spot, these afternoon games on ESPN, um, half a million viewers, 502,000, ranked 25th out of the 150 cable shows, uh, 18 to 49. It was actually originally scheduled for two. It got pushed back to 224 because ESPN's earlier broadcast of Pickleball went into overtime. Pickleball um, averaged around 669,000 viewers. Um, and it that also was more because who was playing, though. Yeah. yeah, it also went head to head with the NCAA Women's National Championship, which averaged nine and a half million viewers. Um, so. This is a dub, a huge dub. MG, I got one question for you. What the yes, fuck is up with everyone's uh, fucking fascination over pickleball right now? You is, Why is it you, everywhere uh, I turn, people I, are talking about pickleball? I, I I got an answer for you. It was funny because you texted me that. And I went, well. <laughs> and then I got busy doing something else like, really, pickleball, seriously. But the... But it's because a lot of resorts are putting these these courts in now. It's kind of a hybrid between table tennis and uh, tennis. So they're putting these courts in. So a lot of these uh, nicer places have them. And you trot out for tennis legends, say, uh, have fun and we'll put it on TV. And apparently it works. I don't know. So that's all I got. I've been, I've been. I've been hip to pickleball through, obviously, you know, my affiliation with uh, the Pat McAfee show. It's my daily watch just because of my work hours during the time it's on is the time I am off during the day. So it's what plays during the day for me. Uh, Much as like some women play soap operas all day, I just watch Pat McAfee show. And some people have ESPN, Fox Sports, whatever it is, I choose that. Um, But anyways... um, they started playing pickleball Super Bowl Super Bowl weekend. I guess at their Airbnb had a court in the back, and then they yep. uh, they put one in the office, and now they talk about it every day. And I'm just I don't understand where it came from and why everyone like is pushing it's, it at yeah. once. It's like it's like an industry plant if we're talking hip hop terms, or if it's like just someone in the back end a really hard push. I don't understand what's going on with pickleball right now, but it is it's blowing up. It is well, truly you know, blowing up. 
you don't need as much real estate. You can put like three of those courts on a basketball court. So remember a couple you know, years ago, it why. was um, it was cornhole. A couple years ago, cornhole was like on ESPN yeah. all the time. It still is. It still is. Well, that is was it? in the during the pandemic. That was part of the reason. Yeah. It was during the pandemic, but yeah, so it's still around. Be social distant, mm-hmm. yeah, true. Okay, well, yeah. anyways, back to the XFL. <laughs> Let's get into the week seven attendance. Um, the Sea Dragons versus the Arctic Renegades had eleven thousand and thirty-two people in attendance. Uh, the Brahmas versus the Vipers had six thousand forty-one. The DC Defenders versus the Orlando Guardians, surprisingly. 7,011, and then the Battlehawks, Roughnecks, 12,013. Huge drop in numbers, once again, in attendance. That DC Defenders-Guardians game number surprises me the most. Because it's DC, Orlando has not been able to draw a crowd all season, really. Um, Vegas is kind of standard because of that stadium. Um, Arlington, that's what they've been doing at Chowtown, maybe a 1,000 less than their average. And then the Roughnecks are right there on average. So really, it's just that Orlando's Guardians, DC Defenders, that I'm like, you can't go to Vegas Vipers and go to one of these low-performing places in the same week because the numbers ain't going to look pretty, MG. And ironically, I think this next week you're going to see better numbers because of, one, it's going to be a different week with some different, uh, uh, different things going on, but... And they're in St. Louis. Um, you ha- yeah, well, you have, and I believe D.C. too. And, um, yeah, and St. Louis uh, is, uh, St. Louis already Seattle. opened up the 400 section. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be a big game for them, which we'll get into here very quickly. Um, all right. And uh, no, uh, D.C. is actually in Seattle. Okay. All right. Yeah, but that was that was my other game. I was like, Seattle is yes. the other place that's but, um, kind of hot. Speaking of tickets, MG, um, yes, tickets sir. for the XFL championship go on sale the day this podcast is out, April 6, 2023. Tickets are officially on sale for the XFL championship game in San Antonio at the Alamo Dome. Tickets are ranging, MG, from $25 to $120. Very affordable for a championship game. And MG, let me tell you, if it wasn't for me getting my arm put back together in two weeks, I would say we should go to this, but unfortunately, we won't be able to. So keep in touch. MG and I are trying to figure out the logistics of possibly doing a watch-along live during the game, um, but that's all still in the works. MG, what do you think of the tickets going on sale? Uh, good for them, man, and I hope they. I hope this sells out, uh, you know, Um that that's going to be a big tell, to be honest with you. And I think that Dwayne, uh, the rock being from the, uh, wrestling business, I could see him papering things if he has to, I hope that isn't the case. He'll, tr- he'll make sure that stadium is full, but man, man, for their, their sake, I hope they sell it out. Um, if yeah. it was in St. Louis, if it was in St. Louis, I would say absolutely. They will it was in DC, but that stadium, the, they can fill it, and I hope they do. You know, like I said, it's, he's going to – this is going to be marketed a hell of a lot in that market. And, you know, and as far as viewership goes. You'll re- you go will ahead. really see if uh, fans are willing to travel to see their team. You saw it a little bit this past week. There were a lot of Battlehawks fans um, while they were where, at, in Houston. Um, there were a lot of Battlehawks fans there. A lot closer for them, but you will obviously see if DC makes it. You will 
and like you don't see a beer snake in the Alamo Dome, it's kind of uh, okay. So DC's only a good home team, fair weather team, right? But you yeah. know, and I think there's also going to be a lot of um, a lot of people that are going to try uh, that that like us like us that are picking teams at, you know and don't live anywhere near any of these teams that might be bandwagging and say you know what i like that team and i'm gonna root yeah. for them and, and you know and, and maybe they do live you know a couple hundred miles from uh texas or there and they yeah. can go so you know i'm not bandwagoning though i've been a dc defenders fan since birth the whole season the whole the whole season season the whole season yeah. Um, but MG, let's figure out, (laughs) let's figure out, um, which one of these teams are, or which two of these teams, excuse me, are going to the championship game. We have a couple playoff scenarios for each team, MG. So I'm going to get into them. If you have some, got a lot here. Okay. Oh no, I broke it down, baby. I broke it down. (laughs) Okay. So we'll start with the DC defenders there. They will clinch first place. Holy shit. I'm low. Hold on. They will. All right, let me get this chair up. Hold on, hold on. There we go. All right, there we go. DC def- this chair is just sinking, I think. Um, DC defenders will clinch first place if they win two out of their last three games. They own the tiebreaker with the Battlehawks, and a win against the Sea Dragons this weekend will grant them a tiebreaker against the Sea Dragons and secure them a playoff spot. So that is how the DC Defenders clinch the playoffs. The Battlehawks need to win this weekend against the Vipers to stay in the hunt to make the playoffs. The Sea Dragons are tied with the Battlehawks for second place right now. Um, they need some help to even get to the playoffs. They need to win the, the remaining games and have the Battlehawks lose at least one game or they need to win two games and have the Battlehawks lose all three games. And really, if you break it down, their season comes to their Week 9 game against the Battlehawks. And then, finally, for that division, the Vipers are eliminated officially from the playoffs. MG. Yes, sir. Do you have any thoughts on the uh, playoff clinching scenarios for the I have a couple. North? So yeah. I I um I kind of like DC's chances <laughs> to to be there. Um, two out of three. I I don't think they're gonna. I don't know, man. Maybe they're on a slump. If they lose again, and I'm gonna go. Oh boy. Um, I really like the Sea Dragons coming on, uh, but they're gonna need some help. They definitely need some, uh, the Battle Hogs to lose. That's pretty much it. I don't think I'm I'm considering any anyone else. Just those okay, three well, teams. Let's get into mm-hmm. the South um, right now and throw the two box back up, MG. Um, yes, sir. Oh, right sorry, now, buddy. the Roughnecks could clinch a playoff berth by winning two of their last three games. Um, they could also get a spot if the Renegades lose one game and the Brahmas lose two games. So that's how the Roughnecks would get in in the South. The Renegades can make the playoffs by winning all of their remaining games and have the Roughnecks lose at least once. Um, And they can also advance if they win two games and the Brahmas lose at least one game. So the Renegades have a couple options there. As far as the Brahmas, though, MG, they need to win all their remaining games and hope for 
a slew of combinations <laughs> of losses by the Renegades or Roughnecks to make the playoffs. Their best scenario, though, is winning out and having the Renegades lose all their re- uh, remaining games while the Roughnecks lose at least two games. So a lot for the Brahmas to make it. Doesn't seem promising, no. especially with who they possibly are trying out there at quarterback. We will get into that, Mr. Gonzo. And then finally, the Orlando motherfucking gu- Guardians, <laughs> right? With the fucking Quentin Dormaday, Orlando Guardians are still alive, MG. And if the Roughnecks lose their next three games, they will still own the tiebreaker, believe it or not. They need to beat the Arlington Renegades and the San Antonio Brahmas over the next two weeks to stay in the hunt. And they're still in the playoffs, ladies and gents. Okay? So don't count out the Orlando Guardians just yet. MG. I'm counting them out. <laughs> MG. Counting them out. This is the rough next all the way. This is it. I know, but I know. Uh, you know, I got to keep the gimmick alive, man. Uh, but I, I like that they're playing well, and we'll kind of go to through when we get through these games here. But and what happened this weekend? Uh, but yeah, we I, have to do it, MG. Yes, okay. we have to do Fine. it. Go ahead. We got to We got to give a eulogy to the Brahmas. <laughs> oh, dear Brahmas. The Brahmas, the Brahmas made a roster move this week, MG. They did. They, oh, they did do a roster move. They uh, went, I'm glad they we went got to Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, they went to Michigan, MG. They went to your house, actually. I don't know if you saw mm-hmm. Heinz Ward back there in your backyard. Well, it yeah. flooded, so if I didn't, oh, yeah. that's what happened. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He grabbed, he grabbed the shovels. And with help of Mother Nature and water, they <laughs> exhumed Paxton Lynch's body out of your backyard. And they carried him upon his shoulders down to San Antonio, where this man um, is just laying in the, middle him of out. the Alamo Dome right now, <laughs> drying, drying out. out. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, fun, me. <laughs> Paxton Lynch. I saw this trade. I was like, oh, my God. San Antonio Brahma. (laughs) MG, how do you feel Mm -hmm. about this? Tell me about it. Oh, I... I couldn't be happy for the boy. Maybe, maybe this is what he needed. Maybe he needed (laughs) that, uh, you know, all pro wide receiver to tell him he can, he can do it and he can do it. And not that, not that other guy down in Orlando, which I'm, Turned it around? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and we'll get into it, but I would like to mention one more roster move. Uh, the Vegas Vipers signed another quarterback. This is the second week in a row. They've done this. D'Angelo Fulford, um, he comes out of Mount Union College. Um, in his four years there, he threw for 9,482 yards, 134 passing touchdowns with only 13 interceptions, and he had also... 1,333 rushing yards and 20 rushing touchdowns. He's a 6'2 quarterback, has yet to play at the next level. Um, And it seems like he will be a backup or possibly third string, depending on how the coaches view him versus Brett Hundley. So that is another quarterback added to the Vegas Vipers football team. 
Awesome. There we go. MG. And I think it's great that they're um, kind of um, getting more quarterbacks to get some time to play. We're going to talk about another position later where I think it's benefiting uh, them as far as getting them experience to hopefully get to the next level. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty cool for them. Time out, time out, time out. I am here to tell you about Habibi Clothing's new collection, the Killer Collection, based off a picture that I took, habibiclothing.co slash killer, or just scan the QR code. We got hats. We got hoodies. What else could you ask for? Just go to habibiclothing.co slash killer, or just scan the QR code to get swagged out in this drip. It's the Killer Collection out now, habibiclothing.co. .co. Go grab yours today. Back to the show. Yes, sir. MG, let's get into the happenings of week seven. Let's go into every game. Um, yeah. We got some crazy ones. And we mm-hmm. got to update people on where we are as far as All our right. standings go because we picked against the spread. And guess what, ladies and gents? We heard y'all. I told y'all we answered the DMs and we see all the comments Y'all wanted us to make it easier on y'all, so now y'all can see visually how much MG loses every single week <laughs> with a graphic. Thanks. <laughs> with Jesus. the final scores. With our terrible. picks. Um, MG, so yeah, go so, ahead and lead us into it. So if you're if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, or or on or Spotify, Spotify, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You can you can uh, see. How god awful I am, uh, and uh, and you also can follow along with the um, uh, scores. Uh, so so let's run through this first game. Seattle Sea Dragons. Uh, they're now five and two. Beat Orlando Renegades three and four, twenty four to fifteen. Um, uh, highlights: Ben DiNucci was um, twenty one to thirty two, two hundred sixty six yards, and one TD and one interception. Uh, Plit, I, I put the I put their uh, first initials, so I, I'm forgetting their name sometimes. <laughs> I should know them by now, I suppose. Uh, Nineteen to twenty nine, two hundred and uh, Drew, uh, two hundred thirteen yards. Thank you, Drew Plit. Uh, two hundred thirteen yards, one interception, uh, and one. He looks and, like a fuck boy. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> what? What? You got something you want to tell us? He looks like a fuck boy. (laughs) Yeah, man's 25 years old. He's a fuck boy. Drew Plitt is a fuck boy, allegedly. (laughs) I don't want to get sued. Allegedly. Well, he is kind of – I remember him being very cocky and having issues and getting pulled a couple of times. So, um, so Drew Plitt, fuck boy. (laughs) Okay, continue. Sorry. I'm going to let you – I'm going to just – I'm just going to move on. Uh, do you think any XFL yards. teams will like that TikTok? If we put that as a TikTok, do you think any of them will like that one? We got XFL <laughs> teams it. watching our TikToks now. <laughs> XFL power. I really for the For them, I hope not. Good God. Uh, <laughs> um, rushing. Ben DiNucci, nine, nine carries, 52 yards. Clearly, they're a passing offense, uh, the run and shoot thing they do. So that makes sense to me. Him just scrambling out, scrambling for yards. Because um, actually when they started doing that is when they started to, like, get better. They started to use his legs a little more. Um, this is another one where I forgot the guy's first name, and I should probably know it. Uh, D. Smith, 20. 
12 carries, uh, 61 yards, and two TDs. Um, Devon. Devon Smith. See, this is, this is where you're going to have to help me. I don't know why I don't know these names. Um, you should just put their first full name in these things. I don't know why I you're trying to be fancy. I should have. No, I should have. Silly me. Uh, receiving. Uh, is this? Is this? Who's this? Jordan. Guy? Jordan VC three three receptions, seventy nine yards, and then um, <laughs> he's looking them all up for me. <laughs> Sal Canella. Uh, Sal Canella, uh, four receptions, sixty four yards. Um, this game was at the beginning of the week. I thought that Sea Dragons are starting to t- starting to find their find their level now, and I think we're starting to see their game. Um, they're going to be able to put some points up in chunks. So, you know, we'll have to see how that goes. Mm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I'm still holding on hope that they make it because, like I said at the beginning of the season, I put them um, down for a to win the XFL championship and actually put that bet in my fan book still. They're offering me a cash out, but I'm holding strong right now. I want. I think they could, they've could. they been showing me something these past couple weeks. And they have. See, I picked out. them. And I picked them to cover the spread at minus four, and I won that one. MG, what was the next game? Vegas, the Vegas Vipers defeated the San Antonio Brahmas. Uh, honestly, of all the games, I I was in and out on this one because there was a lot going on right about then. But I did catch enough uh, to realize that San Antonio isn't good, and they, I don't know if they just had a, it's they're 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 falling apart all of a sudden, and they're not good. They don't have any QB really. Uh, Kurt Wait, man, ben, got ben Lynch. They do now. They do now. I would be, I would be, just ecstatic if that dude like last last couple games uh had threw for like three hundred yards and three touchdowns or something like that. That would make me happy, just for just just for the the sake of it. Uh, but anyway, um, so yeah, Kurt Benkert, uh, twenty two of thirty one, hundred seventy nine yards, one TD, one interception. Jalen McLennan uh, for Vegas, uh, who's got to be what their third, fourth quarterback now, twenty-one to thirty-one. Yeah, he was the for, one they signed last week. Yeah, two hundred sixty-four yards, two TDs, and a ru- uh, and and some rushing yards. Oh, I okay, I see what some. I did. Two TDs. <laughs> I just yeah, never mind. Uh, San Antonio. Uh, the, I'm sorry, rushing yards for San Antonio. Jack Patrick, 12 carries 100 or for 20 yards. And Rod Smith for Vegas, uh, seven carries for 39 yards. You know, I'm noticing something on uh, the rushing. These, yeah. And I was when I was watching the games, there's a lot of negative yards on rushing yards in the XFL across the board. Like a lot of, like, if, if it if it's not a trick play, these guys are getting or something out of space. Or if it's not a schemed play, I should say is a better way to put it. These guys are getting trounced for the most part. Yeah, the offensive um, line play is the most upsetting thing about the XFL. Yeah, Bar yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and 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 a lot of these guys because offensive lines are such 
you got to have depth at the NFL. I think there's more of them on rosters or on practice squads that are, aren't going to play in these leagues. And they're, you're getting down into your Division 2A or Division 2 schools to get some of these guys that are playing. So maybe that has something to do with it. But, yeah, um, I don't know. But, yeah, when these guys get, uh, get tackled for loss, they get tackled for losses. Uh, receiving in this game was uh, Landon Akers, six receptions, 75 yards. Uh, that was for San Antonio, Vegas, Matthew Sexton, four receptions, 72 yards. So I, you know, I don't have a lot more to say about this game, but yeah, I think Vegas played good. Uh, they're still not great, but they're a little better. <laughs> um, yeah, they're and- playing their last three games of the season, though, for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, Rod Woodson, um, he looked a little more composed from what I was able to catch of him. I was listening to a little more of his commentary, and I don't know, maybe he's like just said, F it, we're out of it now, and I'm just going to try to coach these guys the best I can and not not be stressed out, and maybe that's helping them. Um, yeah. All right, so let's go. St. Louis defeated uh, Houston. This was a shock to me, a little bit of one. Um uh, AJ McCarron, I think it's on. Tell me, quote, right out right now, on on pace for MVP. Maybe AJ McCarron. Yeah. If they go quarterback route, um, I would like to see. I would like to see the XFL do something different and not just default give the MVP to a quarterback. Like I would say, uh, Pearson from Seattle. Um. Right, right, yeah, it's yeah. Definitely, yeah, we've talked about him before. Be up for it, yeah, yeah. But um, um, you know, definitely, definitely, if we're thinking quarterback, him, uh, Tayamu's a uh, possible second. Um, but at this point, yeah, AJ Danucci might be in that conversation a little bit, but yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah. Danucci's gonna give the other team the ball at least once. Oh yeah, at least. Now, you could say two and probably you could put the over under at one and a half and be comfortable. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, AJ McCarron went 26 34 for 222 yards and three TDs. And then Chase McDonald, um, 15 to 32, 100, uh, 106 yards, one TD, one interception. Uh, the big thing there, again, no interceptions. McCarron's been playing solid, uh, rushing, rushing yards. Uh, Brian Hill led the team with uh, 11 carries, 53 yards. And for Houston, Max Borgai, nine nine carries for 140 – or 100 – wow, 46 yards. Um, yeah, so – hush. Um, so, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, again, it just doesn't seem to be a rushing league. You know, and, and it's nope. kind of just – plays over into the NFL a little bit too. Everything's a little more, you know, wide open and uh, receiving. And, you know, you when you see that, when you get to the uh, receiving yards here, Darius Shepard, seven receptions, uh, 70 yards, one TD. And then for Houston, Cedric Bird, seven receptions, 50 yards. Um, that one, so here's the game I think we got to spend a little bit of time on. So you weren't able to watch this on live. You You were doing stuff. And you text, I texted you and I goes, dude, I goes, I, I can't believe what's happening right now. And you're like, what? I goes, Orlando might beat DC. 
<laughs> and it's back and forth. And and so um, Orlando Guardians defeated the DC Defenders 37 to 36. And I got to tell you, this was a crazy game. Um, Jordan Chiamo, uh, 285 yards, three TDs. Our new boy, Quentin Dormany, <laughs> yeah. 27, 27 for 34, 20, 328 yards, three TDs. Probably if we have, we, we kind of abandoned the player of the week, but he might be both of our players of the week if I had to guess for offense. Yeah. Especially. Mm. You could do good things when you're not uh, giving your playbook away. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> so, yeah, this was awesome, dude. I, I'm good for him. Good for him. Turned it around. Yeah. They went head to head. They were at home. You know, that maybe had, I don't know how much it has anything to do with it. You don't have to worry about beer snakes in the stands. So maybe there's that. Um, but yeah, um, really, really like this. Uh, DC's a- Abraham Smith, um, 18 carries, 127 yards, and one TD. And then for Orlando, Jaha Mahane, Maine? Just Maine. Ja Maine? Oh, there we go. Ja Maine Martin, 11 carries, uh, 52 yards. Jaha Man. <laughs> and then just for the, the receiving leaders, uh, uh, Chris Blair for DC, five receptions, 139 yards. I kind of like him. Uh, and then Cody Latimer, seven receptions, 93 yards, and one TD. Dude, this was this was surprising. I think it shocked a lot of people. I didn't think DC was going to lose a game. And then when they're losing to Orlando, no. I'm like, uh, WTF type stuff. And you son of so, a yeah. bitch. I wanted, to take, I wanted to take Orlando, too. Yeah, we, we talked I, about that. You were going to take so him, scared. and I, I almost talked you out of it. <laughs> no, you did talk me out of it. I was scared. I got scared. I got too scared. I said, ah, they've covered the nine and a half the past two weeks. I was just playing mm-hmm. the odds of what's the chances they do it again a third week in a row against DC. <laughs> like the well, odds were just it. not <laughs> there. And that is the only game. I would have had two back to back weeks of perfect games if I would have oh. went with them. But I ended up oh, losing one. So... Yeah, you were sitting there on the fence. I'm like, I, I goes, the water's fine over here. The water's fine. I promise. It wasn't fine. It wasn't no, fine. No, there Apparently. were fucking sharks over there, you son of a bitch. I thought for sure. I I thought for sure DC was just going to open up the can and get it out and say, nope, you stay bad. You stay bad. And <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> well, MG, so, let's go ahead and get into yeah. These next week's predictions and see um, what's going on. Yeah, Vegas Vipers at St. Louis Battlehawks. And like I said, oh, that's what I was saying. I like these games. I like the fact where they put these. I said this. I wish they would stay to the uh, normal football times. And by God, they pretty much did it this week. So Saturday games, uh, Vegas Vipers at St. Louis Battlehawks, April 8th. One o'clock. Uh, this will be Saturday. Vegas Vipers are giving up seven, uh, seven points. Uh, are, are, yeah, are there? I'm sorry, not giving, getting, getting seven points uh, with an over under of forty six and a half to the St. Louis Battlehawks. You wanted me to go first on these, right? 
Well, just because I can lost, show once you once you win one week, then you'll go okay. first. But you All haven't right. won. I don't uh, think okay. a single All week right. yet. It, and I gotta tell you, these next three games, the, this is the this to me is the layup. This is the one you walk up to the rim and you push the ball up. And yeah, I I I can't go against St. Louis at home with that crowd against this team. Um, this could be interesting, but yeah, I, I got I got St. Louis uh, covering the seven. Mm. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, I think I think we're probably going to agree on a lot this week, and I think this get <laughs> the ball rolling on that. I'm going St. Louis minus seven. Yep. Mm, okay. And okay. So our the next game, Arlington Renegades at the Orlando Guardians. Um, this is at four o'clock on Saturday, April eighth. Uh, for those that need that. <laughs> uh, this one. This one. Okay. So this is where you just get your coin out. You got your you got your coin out, Jonathan. Get your coin out. Um, do I have a coin? I don't have a coin. Yeah, you don't, don't have a coin you might need a coin to flip because uh yeah, because these these there's two games here of the next three that pretty much you get your coin out. So I just um, want to let you know that even though you're picking first, I already went through and I I'm trying not to so you can't see him. I picked <laughs> all four of mine, and there's a possibility that what you say might make one of these change. But I went through okay. this, and I was pretty confident. <laughs> I was pretty confident in all of them but one of them when I was Fair picking enough. them earlier. Okay. okay, we'll see. We'll see. Um, so this one, we have Arlington. This, 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 is a, this is a first. We have a first in the XFL, I do believe. A first. Okay. Arlington hold Renegades. On, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, I got it. You got something for me? We got the, we got a first. What happened? Breaking news. We got Sound a first. Alarm. Arlington Renegades are the underdog, getting a one point to the Orlando Guardians, who are a favorite for the first time. Um, <laughs> they're laying one point. <laughs> it's criminal. <laughs> It's hilarious. Like I said, you got your coin ready. This is, I mean, so um, Orlando is at home. So if you go with your right. theory about the points, I don't think it matters. I think I'm going to ride the wave, though, man. I, I, this could, this could be terrible. I'm going to ride the wave and go with Orlando at home. Okay. See how they're playing. Or Arlington's been struggling. They've been up and down, but you know. I almost feel like you could go either way with this and just and, and be fine. But, yeah, that's such a, lo- such a low number. And I've noticed – one thing I've noticed, and I'll bring this up now, is I've noticed that the, um, ESPN is really pushing these live, these live numbers more than anything. So I'm almost wondering if Vegas is, like, not worried as much about where they start. It's where they finish. Um, so it's one thing I've noticed. So what do you got? Um, apparently not a pen that works. Um, okay. <laughs> um, I also at I have Orlando written down, but okay. Part part of my gut is once again going back to last week and like, can we do four in a row? But I'm I'm sticking with my gut this time. I'm going Orlando minus one to cover okay. the one point. I mean, if it were any other number, I would be like, no. If this were three, if it was minus three, I might be like, no. Eh. If it was bigger, I'd be more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. My, well, I mean, my, even my if fear it were, is, 
Well, if it was, I feel like it was flip flopped. You know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. If it was flip, mm. yeah, that plus one for Arlington because it's really on Orlando. Orlando's going to win or lose this game. Like to me, the yeah. Renegades and the Brahmas are Touché. just kind of there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So there we go. All right. Next game, uh, Houston Roughnecks at uh, San Antonio Brahmas. Uh, with a newly signed beast of a quarterback likely playing. Uh, and Houston Roughnecks uh, are laying four, um, road, the road favorite. And uh, I didn't say it in the other one, but over over 41 here. Um, San Antonio is the road or home dog. Um, man, God. I so want to take the home dog. Do it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I have a feeling. I have a feeling. You're going my boy, to San Antonio? My boy's going to come through. Yes. If it were any higher Antonio number, I would. If it, was, if it was over six, if it was like six and a half, I wouldn't touch it. But, yeah. Mm. Interessante. Um, mm-hmm. I am going with the favorites. I'm going Houston Roughnecks minus four. I think they're able to kind of get out of their own way against San Antonio, who's kind of in this weird place of um, holding quarterback tryouts with three weeks left of the season. So that is why I'm picking the favorites here. I think they picked themselves back up. And Wade Phillip puts a cowboy boot up all those gentlemen's asses and they play <laughs> some football once again. Some XFL football. MG. Last game yes, of the sir. week and possibly last game. The game of the week. This might be this is gonna determine a lot. This is gonna determine um seedings and standings in the uh north. Uh DC Defenders yeah. at the Seattle Dragons. Seattle, I'm sorry, Seattle Sea Dragons. Uh this is the nightcap Sunday night, seven o'clock. Uh, DC Defenders are um, for the first time probably this season the underdog here. They're they're getting two. Sea Dragons are laying the two. Um, Forty-seven and a half is the over/under number. I man, you know what? I'm just I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna take the favorite, the home favorite with the crowd. And hope that because um, I think they they know they need this to make the playoffs, and going with the Sea Dragons. Okay. Well, this was kind of easy for me. I go back to my logic of the three points. So, um, okay. if this was at a neutral site, then it would be a one-point favor for the D.C. Defenders. In a one-point favor game um, with the D.C. Defenders with the best takeaway defense in the XFL versus Ben DiNucci, who's going to give you one or two a game, I think that's what keeps more, the Defenders but... into the uh, into the game. And I think the D.C. Defenders will cover the two points. I think they pull out a victory. I think last week possibly kind of fluky. We shall see if both of us are wrong and the Guardians um, <laughs> decide to lose. Um, 
And, yeah, that's where I'm going. Just to recap right now, we both picked St. Louis to cover seven. We both picked Orlando to cover one. I picked Houston to cover four. You picked San Antonio, too. I picked D.C. You picked San Diego. And MG with that put us into two screen because it is time for our updated power rankings. And this one is probably had the most movement since our first update after week one of the XFL season. So starting off number one, you have the DC defenders. I know they just lost to Orlando. I get it, but I couldn't justify moving somebody else into that number one spot. Possibly fluky. They only lost by a point, so they are hanging by the skim of their teeth, but they are still holding on to that number one spot. Moving up a spot, the St. Louis Battlehawks. They're going up to number two. They're sitting there nice and pretty. The Sea Dragons are moving up a spot as well. I debated moving the Sea Dragons up to number two and keeping the Battlehawks where they was at. But because Ben DiNucci giving away the ball so much, I didn't feel mm-hmm. comfortable moving them up two spots, so they get one spot. The Roughnecks fall back two spots. They're on a downward streak. I could see them by next week bumping up a spot if they come up with a victory. MG's favorite. Holy shit. I said they were never leaving the the last spot. And they have moved up another two spots this week, surpassing the Renegades and the Brahmas. It's the Orlando Guardians at the number six spot. And, man, they beat the D.C. Defenders by a point, possibly a fluke, but we'll move them up two spots just in case. The Brahmas Renegades both move down a spot because both of them are just like, eh, whatever. And the Vipers are down at the bottom of the pack because they are officially eliminated from playoff contention and they just kind of stick. MG, so, do you have any gripes with my Not really. I, I don't. I, I don't. Just that, you know, it shows you the... Uh, the urgency in the North, you know, three yes. of the four teams the, that one of them is falling completely off, but the other three are like, Hey, we're playing for this. So yeah, that's where the game, that's where the games are going to be probably the going th- throughout the, cause like I said, I think the roughnecks are going to, uh, you know, run away with the South. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll get surprised, but yeah, right now that's where I'm at with that. But anyway, mm, yeah, that's very good. Very good. I'm I'm all for that. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, MG. Let's yes, get into we our want to talk about this uh, the segment. rock stuff. Couple things. We got a couple little things we want to go through. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um normally this is our area of the segment where we ask the fan to send us questions or MG and I just kind of talk about some things XFL related that are on our mind. There are no fan questions this week. Just a reminder, go ahead and like and subscribe this video. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead, drop us a comment. If you're following us on social media at XFL pod, slide into DMS or message us. Uh, just send us a tweet. We are watching all of them. You can send us a question. And if you're, on Spotify, you could even scroll up to this right now, and there is a section right there where you could put a question. And 
you could join in on the show. But because we have no questions, we're going to get into some things. And one of my things are with the USFL started. The USFL <laughs> has launched an ad campaign, essentially saying, according to USA Today, that they are not some Hollywood knockoff of a football league. And they are getting ready to kick off. Um, MG, I sent you this article earlier. Yes, what you makes you... What makes you or what say you of this um, new, I guess, um, um, uh, what the word is blanking on me, but rivalry of leagues? I, I mean, it, it makes sense, but, you know, they're, they're not they're only going to overlap a couple of weeks and good on them uh, for trying. And I know The Rock and it probably won't be this year, but the Rocks are going to retaliate with something, I'm sure. Uh, you know, and, and they blew it off. You had to expect it. Um, the whole Hollywood thing, yeah, whatever. So that's where they're located. I, or that's where the Rock, not even the really the league. I, the league's out of Texas, but yeah, I, I don't. I. I'm almost indifferent to it. It's like, you know, you're going to do it. Yeah. You want to take a shot at them, whatever. Um, you guys aren't overlapping. In fact, it, it only, it only behooves you to, to get the XFL fans to follow the USFL. Once well, they the are XFL overlapping a little bit. They're overlapping a little bit uh, like from four April weeks, 15th maybe? to May 13th. Um, the yeah. first mm -hmm. overlapping game that you mentioned that is actually week XFL week nine USFL uh, week one Saturday week one. April fifteenth right. mm -hmm. the XFL game is the Roughnecks versus the Vipers twelve thirty p.m. on ABC and the USFL game is the Philadelphia Stars versus the Memphis Showboats at four thirty on Fox so it's going to be Fox versus ABC uh, three different time uh, mm -hmm. little three hour gap between the two so you should. I mean, the drop off is gonna be. I think it's gonna, it's gonna be. That's a, gonna be uh, an interesting one. We haven't brought yeah. that up yet, but I think that's Kentucky Derby Day too. If that's the case, that's gonna be. Um, There's also um, an second, interesting viewing area. The mm -hmm. real, the real matchup though is that night you have the Orlando Guardians versus the Brahmas at 7 p.m. on ESPN two, but once again on Fox is the New Jersey Generals and. Birmingham Stallions, and that's at 7.30. So that's going to okay. be a very close head-to-head. -head. And not to mention, um, that one I would assume USFL dominates in because you're going up against a major market team in market, New Jersey yeah. Generals. Yeah, we, and, that's, and that's something that sadly is going to, to affect it. And I get that. But, you know, the yeah. XFL just needs to be plucking along, man, and, and uh, get a couple more teams next year, and we'll see where we're at. Um, I, I, you know, I, and we had one of the, the, one of the questions we had a couple weeks ago is could they merge at some point? Maybe, but we'll have to see, you know, there would be some, con some contractions that would have to happen and things like that. Um, a couple of them at least maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I'm all right with it. Um, like it's competition, man. It's, yeah. it's a dog eat dog world out there. Let it happen. You know, XFL is doing okay. You know, they're not they're not getting buried. They're not getting a lot of hate. Um, no, and they're getting a lot back. of people that are indifferent. Yeah, yeah. So they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Yeah.
Um, but MG, what you want? What's this nonsense I, you I want gotta, to talk to me about kickers? Yeah. I mean, I am a special yeah. teams guy. I went to college. Um, right. You know, I got recruited yeah. as a long snapper first before I played other positions. So I'm I'm part of the I'm for the brand. But but you ha you like yeah. the XFL kickers? Why is this? So 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 it's not that I like them, but we had this Donnie Hageman. <laughs> okay. Is that how you say his name? Donnie Hageman. Sure. Mm, sure. sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, Donnie uh, Hegman Page. <laughs> wow. Uh, so he. Uh, You're welcome. Um, so, so that's what it said. That's what the thing said. Uh, uh, kicker St. Louis. He hit a 59 uh, yard field goal uh, the other day, yeah. um, and I it got me thinking. I was like, you know there's probably a lot of kickers that go under the radar that go to like D one or D two schools and D one a schools that don't get the looks that other guys do or don't play in environments. And I'm like, you know, there's probably tons and tons of guys out there that barely get uninvited to um, NFL camps. So when they do, they choke or they're, they're not good. But if you have the leg and you get reps like this, this is 10 more games a year at the minimum that you get. And given, you know, if you're not good, you're going to get replaced. But if you're consistent and you have the leg, you're starting to kick in environments. You're starting to kick in some stadiums that have hosted NFL games. Or in the example being Seattle, you are playing an NFL stadium, you know, um, in St. Louis, an old NFL stadium. So you're getting those reps in stadiums and in Orlando where, you know, you have to worry about the wind and how the stadium affects the wind. These guys are getting reps in places they normally wouldn't have played. And I think that goes a long way. Um, some of these guys have all the positions on the field. My only point is of all the positions, the kickers are going to be the ones where you're going to see some of these guys are going to, prove themselves and get uh, tryouts this summer in, uh, in NFL camps. I um, think that's fair. You like that? Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, there, the punting is a little bit weird, but I know you're going to play semantics and say kick in. Um, I will say Pat McAfee did say that uh, if you are a kicker, do not go to uh, – the Vegas Vipers, because apparently... Because of the field, yeah. Well, no, not mm -hmm. the field, just because of how windy the desert is. Like, that's a reason why yeah. Allegiant Stadium is a dome. Part of it is the heat, but the other part of it is it is windy as all hell in the desert because there ain't no buildings to stop shit. Um, yeah. But with mm -hmm. that being said, I mean, the kickers have been doing solid. Um, I know the Vegas Vipers kicker just got released and they're brought in a new one. Um. But, yeah, like we said earlier, I forget which kicker it was, but the, an XFL kicker holds the uh, Lumen Field Stadium for the longest mm -hmm. field goal, um, you know, there. And that's not the NFL, and it's an NFL stadium. So that's that. MG. Yes, sir. about that time. You want to wrap her up? I, th I think it's about that time that we say goodbye to the people. Thank you all for watching. 
As always, go ahead and like and subscribe to this video. Be a friend, tell a friend. Hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening on audio. You can follow us on all social media at XFL Pod. I'm Jonathan Risk. You can follow me at Official Risk, O F F I C I A L R I Z K. That gentleman right there, he is Bonita and he is MG Geek. You can follow him at the number two, Fight Forever. We will be back, same time, same place, next week, breaking down week eight of the xfl and breaking down week nine of the upcoming xfl until next time we love y'all hope y'all feel bonita peace